Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. An adventure unlike anything on your planet. The story of a boy, a boy, and a universe. A big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. It's an epic of heroes. And villains from a thousand worlds a billion years in the making you have reached the event horizon of starburst radio the greatest radio show in the universe Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. until 11 p.m. Exclusive to Fam Radio International. And welcome to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International with me, Mike Royce, and Mr. Martin Unsworth. Hello. And we are the editors of Starburst Magazine, the world's longest-running magazine of cult entertainment. We bring you the magazine in radio format every week to bring you up to date with all the stuff that happens in between the issues of the mag. Coming in your ears. Indeed. Absolutely. So, this evening... We've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, if you want to join in the show, be be aware it is studio at fabradiointernational.com or on Twitter. If you could be very aware, it's uh, starers underscore mag. And uh, get involved. Um, we've already got an email to start the show off. And any, anybody who's been following our sort of slightly jaded opinion of the movie Skyline in our disbelief, uh, utter disbelief at the fact that seemed to have a sequel, which nobody was aware of, and it sort of came out of the blue. We knew nobody was even expecting this, because the other... No was, one was wanting it. No one wanted it, no one could be bothered. It's not like the original. The original was critically mauled. Um, it's become almost a meme to me, as, as an example of being totally misled by a trailer, you being skylined. the meme. Well, you know, um, I was a bit... I was a bit fed up after watching it, that's why. I've just I've never felt so cheated can, by can anything. I, can I tell you something? Go on. Uh, Phil, who works upstairs for us, does the PR. He watched it last night because we had the screener through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Before it went to the uh, the writer. Yeah. And uh, he said it was brilliant. Well, no, he said it's eight. Eight yeah. Time. yeah. He enjoyed it a lot. Well, here's, here's the thing you're talking about before it went to the writer. Uh, that's an amazing to comment on that because... Is it the right? It was Mr. Paul Mount oh. who who, uh, who received the screener. So he's actually on here now, and it's bit, literally three minutes before the show started. It's going, hello, gents. So here's the thing. Tonight I have been mostly watching a review, uh, screening, uh, review screening link of the hotly anticipated Skyline sequel, Beyond Skyline. It's better. It's it's quite demented, and you'll be amazed to hear, as I am to say, quite a bit better than the original. It starts off as an Independence Day before morphing into Predator, then becoming a Kung Fu war film. Either that or something was slipped into my tea while I was watching it. That it's sounds a, like a normal night at Mount, isn't it? 
Possibly, you know. It's a pretty stupid film, but not as stupidly stupid as Skyline. And in case anybody's wondering, this is the sort of insight which explains why I am referred to, without irony, as Starverse head writer, Toodlepip. <laughs> says Mount, he say it's sent from inside the belly of the beast. Absolutely. So, so that looks wow. like a, a 10 out of 10 from Mount. Well, uh, I don't think it was quite a 10 out of 10, <laughs> that was it really, but, but I'm surprised because, it, yeah, universally hated. I also know Phil that despised the original. Mm. So, um, yeah. Maybe I'm, it's worth a watch then. Yeah, maybe. Swallow I don't know. your pride. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, but then. It's one of these things where I always find it difficult, even when I hear, well, the sequel to something that I absolutely think is absolutely terrible. I'll never watch the original again because it's so, so bad. Even if I watch this sequel, I'm not invested in... It's not going to cleanse your palate for the other one, is it? Well, it's not, so I'm never going to watch the first one. And I think when you're dealing with a series of films, if you've got a a set of the movies that you're never going to sit through again like i'm not really a fan of the harry potter movies i've got no compunction to revisit them or go and do them but i did like the final one the final movie the second part of the definitely hallows i thought it was very action-packed very interesting and i actually enjoyed it a lot but i'm not gonna sit and watch all of those movies so that i can get to that one and watching that one on its own and enjoying it seems a bit pointless to me you enjoyed all the twilights I had a very uniform view of all the Twilights. <laughs> uh, I think people are, who've ever read anything, ever written in the magazine, or know that they they astound me to this day. They they astound me. The Twilight movies, are, I I could never explain why they got so big. I, I get I get that it was young adult fiction and that it got a lot of young people involved, and certainly a lot of girls were liking the romance element, which. To me, <clears throat> they were obviously just desperate for something to latch on to. They were a little bit too old for Harry Potter, maybe, and then it's just... Possibly, but it doesn't explain why you, you've got young girls um, uh, going gaga over the the uh, Robert Pattinson's character, Eddie. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and the and the Bella Eddie romance seemed to be great. Well, yeah, except was, if you'd like an abusive relationship. Well, yeah, it was an abusive relationship, literally. I mean, in the uh, because of his powers and all the rest of it, they even had the fact that she was going round all bruised up after the wedding. Yeah, mm. and then turns him and turns her into a vampire so that she's not getting um, yeah battered about if you're in the sex i'm sure it's a bit a bit weird then then the jealous boyfriend that wants her at the same time as him they have a they have a baby that quickly starts to grow up because this is the old boring cop out where you you have characters have a baby in a sci-fi situation and they always go oh some mysterious thing is happening they're aging into a teenager because you can't do anything with a baby they're boring you can't tell a story involving a baby because nothing happens they just make a noise and shit themselves you know so so let them get older and do that correct well you get all the the drama if you've at least got a child of 10 years or above you can do have a reasonable actress and do something with, with it or actor it, 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 it was the creepiest thing in the world though, it's it? extremely creepy when you get how is it going to be resolved there's a love triangle um eddie ends up marrying her though so that's it resolved so oh the poor the poor werewolf boy he's uh out on his own so what what best pair him up with a child then yeah 
That's, and he imprinted on her. That's the obvious uh, obvious thing you'd have thought of. It's creepy. It's creepy. Almost as creepy. Especially in this day and age, it is very creepy. Yeah, almost as creepy as the uh, CGI face they put on that baby. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I realise I'm not selling anybody a revisit to the Twilight movies, but I... I and also, we are very sort of, like, 2009 at this moment. But... Hey, look. I, if I am at least putting somebody off picking up the box set, then I'm doing my job, you know. Uh, I just... I'm sure they're going to reissue it again this Christmas. Oh, God. God, God. I, I just don't. There's nothing to, there's nothing to them films. We'll, and uh, then, we'll and, get a copy for you. And spoiler, yeah, the final movie, the big fight, that the whole saga has been building towards, oh, I was a dream. All a dream, all oh, a little spoilers. hallucination. Yeah, I mean, why on earth would anybody watch them again? It's like a mistake, and I think that a lot of the people who were 13, 14, 15, who are now maybe, what, 18, uh, hopefully they've grown out of it. And watching proper horror films. I hope so. Yeah, and that's the thing. They they didn't help the whole vampire mythos, did they? No. Turning him into, what, the sparkle in sunlight. Yeah, at least the Anne Rice uh, books and film. Uh, depicted vampires being sort of like quite aggressive and nasty, and mm. interview with the vampire was was very gory. Still did the uh, romance bit though, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, you've got to give him a bit of that. There was a bit yeah. of romance in the, uh, you know, the old one. the Bela Lugosi Dracula's uh, mm. pure, pure romance. Well, they call it the glamour, don't they? When they get they put the uh, the stare on him and the girl cannot help themselves; they yeah, fall and to it, his charms. You and know? it is it's it's a an allegory about, you know, possessiveness. And... Oh, yeah, no, I get, I get where it's coming from. So so anyway, we've got a magazine on sale. We have, go on, what's what's in this magazine then? Um, the Oh, God, the one we've got at the moment, mm. I'm sure I think, is uh, Thor. It is, yeah. Yeah. And Ragnarok. And I, I quite, I'm still looking forward to that film mm-hmm. a lot. I really am. We've got, uh, somebody got to see it. Yeah. Um, week on Tuesday. Yeah, you see. So well before it comes out. Yeah. But it's embargoed until the day before it comes out. See, I'm worried now because I'm gonna. I'm hoping I don't end up missing that while I'm away. And um, the, that's the thing we're about to say. We've, uh, we're having to <clears throat> have a break because I'm going to the States, so there won't be a show for two weeks. He's not going in a state. He's... I'm in a state anyway. I'm yeah. going to the States in a state. Um, and yeah, as you can probably tell, uh, looking at the news and looking at everything that's going on, I think, yeah, why why not go to Las Vegas for a fortnight? Yeah. Perfect Yay. timing. Yay. For once, it is perfect timing. Hey, listen, I could have been... That, that hotel, Mandalay Bay, is where I go. That's the vodka bar where I met Tom Anderson, who I do the Mancunian candidates right, with. Right. We we hang around Mandalay Bay a lot. It's got a lot of cool places. It's got a blues um, bar, and it's got this Russian vodka bar where you drink off Lenin's head. They've shipped over a statue, and they've chopped the head off the statue and put the headless statue of Lenin outside the, the bar, and then inside there's a little vodka room. So if two or three of you book a little session, you go in and all the vodka's put on Lenin's head. And you have to and, drink uh, it off Lenin's head. It's good. So how do, how do you uh, quantify that as a socialist? In it, um, perfect. I'm, I'm, I feel comfortable around such... Uh, you think you'd be happy with that? 
I, I'm pretty certain he'd be horrified at that. But <laughs> if, I've got, the price, if I've got to go anywhere, then at least I'm drinking vodka and at least I'm, uh, I'm surrounded by Soviet iconography. And, uh, and at the risk of being the most horrendous gag you'll ever hear. Oh, dear. There yeah, we go. What's that, coming? That may, may well have to be bleeped out. Um, do you reckon they're still going to do shots? <laughs> oh, blimey. That's that's uh, almost up there with, um, with a, a joke that needed to be edited from this show once upon <laughs> a time about uh, that could have caused offence at the time of the bombing, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that there'll uh, still be those kind of shots. Yeah, hopefully uh, the well, other kind won't be happening. Yeah, but, you know, these people, they love their guns. Well, I'll say it, I've been going on about it for years. I've been go- constantly going on about it, and I'm going on about it to somebody who's a former senator who's running uh, social media for Donald Trump. Um, so... Me and him are at loggerheads politically, uh, but the gun issue—he fights his corner with it. He explains to me why it's part of the American identity, and that I wouldn't understand. Where I say, "Well, no, I used to be a gun owner. I used to have guns when when they were legal, and then I got rid because there was a shooting at the Stockport Shooting Centre, then two two people dead, and I could have easily been there and I had young children. So I thought, you know, this is. Yeah, you know what? These video games now, there's stuff you can do. I do like target practice, but you don't have to have a real gun to do that. You, you can do it. You don't need the powerful guns they have. Well, no, that's the point. If, you, if you're if you looking at this, I can't believe we're on this subject. It's not exactly Starburst, but do you know right. what? Well, change, the, the change America, lasers. Well, America is turning into the dark future that you've seen in a lot of these dystopian it's, movies it's, now. It's ultimate dystopia. Yeah, it's going down the running man route. And... This this particular massacre is is absolutely dreadful because you've got all of this going on and and but there were twenty two thousand people in a space and there's a guy and he goes and knocks out he get he rents the corner on the thirty second floor of the Mandalay Bay kicks out a window while uses a hammer to take out a window on one side and a window on the other so he's got two angles on it he had tripods and he had. Um, he had rifles that were semi-automatic, but he bought online, check this out, a little thing called a bumper. And you attach it to the rifle that's semi-automatic and it turns it into an automatic. Now, anyone who's not sure on the difference between the two, one means that you've got to keep refilling it every now and again, whereas the other one means you can just put a massive cartridge in there and just let it rip. It'll just carry on. You just hold the trigger down and it just goes, just like you see. Now, they aren't legal, actually, even though the fully automatic are not legal. Semi-automatics are, but... If semi-automatics can be converted by something that costs 40 quid online, that's legal to buy. So you can't have an automatic weapon that's full-on military, but you can have a semi-automatic and buy a 40 quid uh, adapter. So you really, you can't have semi-automatics then, can you? It's by that argument. That's it. But the NRA give money to people that are in, in power, and they fund their campaigns, and if they don't support them, if it comes to gun control legislation votes, if they don't back it off and and say, no, we don't want that, they will not fund them at the next election, so you end up with what it is. So, no, I I was looking forward to a very good um, break over there, 
we've all been working really hard and during the next fortnight the the website is coming online literally any day now the new one that we've been working on all this time so it sort of frees up there's got to be a lot of testing a lot of stuff done so it's a it's perfect time to have a break with me going over there and also the um the messing about that's going to have to be on the site and podcasts and all the rest of yeah, it so you would have had to wait anyway for the <coughs> podcast to go up so correct so at least this way we're de- dealing with it but yeah i was looking forward uh, chris is is coming is coming over when I, he's going to meet up with me there in uh end of the first week and we're going to the uh fear the walking dead experience which i said after eli roth spent a million mm. We spent a million because I'm obsessed with real-life interactive ex- horror experiences, which is why I was so disappointed on this show when we went and did Alien Escape. Yeah. Because it wasn't, yeah, it was the worst one ever. And this, we did, I did Eli Roth. And, um, did you know? And Eli Roth, um, when he did his Goratorium in Las Vegas, spent a million quid doing a horror movie set with actors, with a whole trip. It was absolutely brilliant, but it ran up three million quid's worth of debt within the first year and had to close. And I said, well, no one's ever going to do one again after that because it's not exactly... He's basically shown that the model doesn't work because you have to pay the actors. There's too many people involved in in it and you can't charge enough. I mean, if if it's 60 or $70 a ticket, right, but there was about 30 or 40 actors involved, you know, and they're not on peanuts. Well, they might be. Well, I don't know what it might be, but I, I, yeah. it's not the impression I get. These out-of-work actors. They... That's the thing with with Las Vegas. Everybody's an out-of-work, talented person. There's a bar called Don't Tell Mamas in downtown, and it's like a bar you'd find in one of these, one of our type of movies, a Tarantino movie or whatever. And you go in, and the bar staff, the, the, the clever thing about it is that it's sort of like a karaoke bar, but the, you've got a pianist. And he'll play whatever song, yeah? Hmm. And if you, you're basically going in and going, you give a note over and go, yeah, or I'll sing this song, yeah? So if you know the song... you like a live karaoke. It is, yeah. And, and what happens then is he'll start to play it, you're called up, and then you sing. And then yeah, every single person that keeps going up... It sounds like they've just walked off some Broadway musical. <clears throat> the, there's two girls always serving behind the bar... And the, these two, they pass the, the microphone to them. So every now and again, behind the bar while they're serving you, they'll be singing as well. And their voices are like angels, you know. And then you go, how can they have to just work in a bar? So but why are they not in a musical somewhere? They're singing away and then it's a two pound eight, you love. It is, literally. Yeah, it is. It's just like that. I'm not joking. And that was the, that was the thing. But yeah, so I was dead shocked when Fear the Walking Dead um, the experience, it's opened on Fremont Street, and it's obviously, uh, yeah, okay, Eli Roth was signing off on the Goratorium, which is great if you're a horror fan, you know, blah, 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 but this is an actual franchise, isn't it? Mm, and a yeah. franchise yeah, that's yeah. pumping money. AMC uh, are opening this, and apparently it's 20 minutes long, and you go in, and it's a full-on Walking Dead experience. Now... It, it, see, 20 minutes longer a Walking Dead experience could be like a minute of zombies and the rest just walking about. Oh, well, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping not. I, I just hope the set and whatever it is is, is quality. Because if it's just running round a, you know, hard but a load of chipboard knocked together with uh, 
with a few people with dodgy makeup on them going to be very disappointed. But it, I don't think they'd allow that AMC because that property is important to them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. Yeah. So, yeah, that was what we were, one of the big things we were looking forward to doing. And then we we're going to come back and have, there's usually some adventures going on over there. And then, uh, but no, that sort of put that really. A bit, a bit was, of sour on it, yeah. It, it, it's just very 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 sad because i've been going on about it for so long and it's just getting worse and worse and worse and i love america anybody who's into i think anybody who's into comic books when they were younger or into genre if you grew up watching all these cop shows and you grew up you know reading these american comic books america's quite a an interesting place to you as a child and i grew up where wanting to see it wanting to taste the experience and and i've got to say the gun thing in that and the healthcare are the two things that put me off like living there for a few months a year or yeah, something yeah. if i did have it as oh right i'll live in the states i'll live here well i'm you just don't know do you like those people went to a concert there that could have been uh, could, could have be been anything yeah. could have but, been the john carpenter concert that we went to at the um at the victoria warehouse yeah, it could yeah. have been that and you've you've got a chance over there which do, which it doesn't happen here or it certainly doesn't happen there are one or two gun deaths but they've got fifteen thousand so far but, in 2017 we've had four but what i was going to say about that is a valid point what you say we get them over here and there's a massive knee-jerk reaction everybody's all on side with like dust get rid of these things correct yeah you know what why are we not doing more yeah over there something goes on and they start digging the hills in even more yeah because you're not allowed to take campaign contributions from companies like that over here for an election in the way that they but have even, lobbyists. even from the people, <clears throat> you'd expect the people. No, the people and 80% want these semi-automatic weapons banned. When after Sandy Hook, the, the, all the polls said it was 80%. We want them banned. We don't need them anymore. Yet everybody's saying, well, handguns, fine. If you really insist that you desperately need a handgun to protect yourself at home or whatever, then, yeah, we'll allow you to have a handgun. But the argument from, from everybody, 80% of the public over there believe that semi-automatic weapons are not necessary. To, um, if you said guns altogether, scrapping all of them, maybe it'd be closer, maybe it'd be 50-50, but I think everybody's in agreement that having a handgun, if you are genuine about you just want for self-defence in the home, a, um, a handgun, Yeah, you shouldn't fine. be walking about the streets. No, of course not, but there's the irony. You need a concealed carry permit in the States to have a gun in a holster underneath your jacket. Yet you can open carry an Uzi. Mm. You can open carry a machine gun down the street and people can look at you, an assault weapon like that, and you can't be in trouble yet if you're hiding it under your coat, you're committing an offence. Yeah. It's called the open carry law. And this is what I mean, but when you see all the stuff we've grown up with, all these dystopian things, we, we're getting into the running man. Yes, it it's is. insane now. I mean, the, the running man actually was... Uh... It was set in 2019, but that that mm. world actually started in uh, 2017. Yeah. So I think we uh, we did a, a feature on it a few, right, yeah. few months back, didn't we? Yeah, so. it, it's weird how, how fantasy and really dark fantasy that we're watching all the films that we've watched over the years, there's it, it's a lot of stuff coming true. Like, I mean, how, how amazing was it, the new Death Race movie? Mm. Because the, the crazy president, that's Laloon, is clearly Trump. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, they started filming. 
It's, it's Way sta- before. It started filming when he announced his uh, running for it, but nobody expected him to win. Nobody expected him to win. That's why I'm saying it's crazy mm. that they actually just had the president, who's clearly a Trump caricature. And there's been a few, like, you know, even uh, Biff in Back to the Future when he was the president and things like that. It was, yeah. you know, when he was, he was in charge of all that stuff, he was... Uh, he was Trump, basically. This yeah, thing. absolutely. I mean, you see him stuff like you're watching stuff like Sol- Solient Green and all that, and you think at the time when you watched him as a kid, you were like, "Oh bloody hell, that's really dark." And, it, and now you're looking at it, and it doesn't seem that far fetched at all, does no, it? No. I mean, if you found out that the government was feeding us with dead people, you wouldn't be that shocked. Uh, not this government, anyway. <clears throat> no, no, not at all. Anyway, I think it's time for Is a that, break, and, and, and we'll be back on the politics show. Yeah. In a bit? Yeah, yeah, no, I think we've put, put that one to bed nicely. <laughs> but if you guys have got any thoughts on what's happening in the... This is the crossover thing. What, what do you think about what's happening in the world now? Do you think it's turning into one of these dark sci-fi movies? Uh, yeah. Or are, are we over... Are we exaggerating? Are we, is it uh, getting scarier than a horror film? Yeah, there's certainly some aspects of that. But anyway, we'll be back right after this. Introducing... Tyler! Gary, The Future Boys, a new science fiction audio sitcom. Well, this is awkward. Tyler and Gary return, and they've got their ship back. The Pilgrim is here! Parked on the edge of town, ready for its rightful owners to take the helm and venture forth into pastures new, if you play with my balls. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't the deal, Sheringham! Shit, sorry, I mean, that's the deal if you play ball. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's it. Download episodes one and two now for free on iTunes. That's more like it. Awesome! Visit thefutureboys.co.uk for more delicious details. You are listening to Starburst Radio, winners of Best TV and Movie Podcast in the UK Podcasters Awards. We are so good, we should have won twice. And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International. So, what's been going on, Martin, this week? Anything? Uh, piss off. Really? Yeah. It's what are we going to do then? It's been pretty quiet news, guys. We've got a few little bits, haven't we? But... The, I've the got ma- some I want to deal with. We'll say about ten o'clock because yeah, that, that's the main one that uh, that broke just after last week. Good, and it's no surprise at all. We'll we'll deal with the future of the DC extended universe. Oh, as of it, we've covered we've covered it since the beginning. Started with me and Chris Hayes having a massive argument about how shit Man of Steel was, and he thought it was all right, and we had a massive row over that. And since then. To be fair, he sort of came up. He's not. He still quite likes that film, but yeah, the rest of the stuff he's had major issues with, including Wonder Woman. So this was a, a massive problem, and it was brewing towards some that something had to break at some point because yeah, there's so many problems, and I think there are massive problems with the upcoming movie that they're about to bring out, the Justice League. Now they may be rescuing that, and it may turn out to be a good film, but to say that they've had to do a hatchet job on that film to get it into some form of 
entertainment, I feel. So we'll talk about that on the hour um, after the next break. But the yeah, it's it's interesting. But one thing that got me this week is Bride of Frankenstein. Oh the, yeah, yeah. We were dealing with the mummy. The mummy cow comes out basically. Universal monsters. What is it? The dark universe. The dark universe. Yeah. Obviously. So they're trying to bring back uh, before Marvel Comics did its own, you know, intricate little universe of movies. They the original uh, franchise to do this was the Universal Monsters back in the uh, early part of the last century. You know, nineteen thirties through to fifties. You you had an amazing bunch of films, you know. You you started with you know Frankenstein, Dracula, Bride of Frankenstein. Then then you had mashups with the Wolfman and Dracula turning up in House of Frankenstein, and you they tried the first shared universe. So obviously Universal have gone. Oh well, we've got all the rights to these, you know. So if we can do something modern and and relevant with them. Uh, we can do the same thing as Marvel because we, we were the original at doing this. Well, you could say that, except that most of the people who were involved in all that, in fact, yes, I'm going to say it, all of them, they're all dead, long dead, mm-hmm. a lot of them. So you, they're not the universal that did that. They're a bunch of people that, you know. And it's a different day and age. This, you, know, but you couldn't do these slow, wonderfully gothic horrors anymore even the campy ones that were later on you couldn't do yeah they couldn't get away with they are they are important pop culture movies important cinematic uh, history movies they are they're always going to be really great to watch Uh, but yeah you're not going to get the visceral um horror jolt that you got from it i mean you've got to remember that that back in uh, every time everything has its time i mean it could you imagine sitting in the cinema and watching Frankenstein 1931? That must have been terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sound yeah. had only just started, you know. Yeah. And that, that you've got to understand, them, them effects, like the universal Frankenstein makeup, the Frankenstein monster's makeup, was utterly groundbreaking yep. at the time. It, it looked... Jack Pierce. Yeah. It looked as though somebody had sewn together dead bodies and created a creature. And... They still look good now. I mean, if you look at it now, it's still good. I mean, a lot of modern movies, they they copy that look still. Now, you can imagine that must have been utterly terrifying at the time. Now, but you're moving on and and it's difficult in a world with all all this horror, all this gore, the CGI, the rest of it. It's difficult to have something that's just chilling, that's creepy, that's not full of gore that's more psychological like like dracula the original dracula bella lugosi he didn't even uh, bear his fangs and bite anybody well, openly it well, was like we said in the uh, in the opening bit with the twilight thing that was a, a romantic gothic yeah. thriller yeah so yeah well so universal clearly thought whoa let's get the dark universe together so the first one was dracula untold so it's like an origin story for dracula and no doubt the plan was the, that's the beginning, and then he, the, he gets brought back, no doubt, in a modern-day instalment of that, and then and that se- segues nicely into all these modern versions of the other horror films. So it didn't do well. It was a disaster at the box office, so they scrapped that, and then they went, right, well, we'll have to commit to the next one, though. We'll have to do the Dark Universe branding on it, so it has to just work. And they did it with a mummy, and um, box office is still it critically got absolutely decimated 
with good reason. It was a. It wasn't a great film. It wasn't terrible. It had a lot of cringeworthy bits. Absolutely, but but that was more to do with what we were expecting, I think. And, and Russell Crowe. Well, yeah. And when he, <laughs> he was wandering around the movie doing exposition, that that's like like a cartoon character the way he was carrying on. He was he was literally telling us what we were watching on screen, and then he he. It turns out he's Jekyll, uh, Doctor Jekyll, and he then turned into himself with a monk <laughs> yeah. on. That's what. That's the big gag of it. He, Mister Hyde, is literally the Russell Crowe we know. Yeah, <laughs> you know? the real Crowe. Yeah. So that that didn't work. So then you on to the next one, and the next one, yeah, Bride of Frankenstein. I mean, you've got the Invisible Man cooking away, and a few others, but Bride of Frankenstein's the one where, to a lot of people, that's the first sequel to a film that a lot of people considered was better than the original. And they'll be honest, to me, it was better than the original. Mm. It expanded on the mythology. It, it did something different, and it was, uh, it, did. it was incredibly well made. It did. So I was curious about this, because, oh, he's not doing Frankenstein. They're just going straight into Bride of Frankenstein. That's weird. And then Bill Condon, the director. Um, Condon. Condon. In it, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, Sorry, I have a cold. Yes, I know. Uh, <laughs> so he he said uh, he was talking to uh, he was being interviewed this week, and he said that I see it almost as a sequel to uh, the Brides of Frankenstein movie because she only appeared in the last five minutes, and I I see this as very much where the third yeah. Frankenstein film would have gone after that if I'd have made it. And he actually said. <clears throat> It's where James Whale would have done it. Yeah. So he's obviously going for a certain tone. Now, if you go for the tone... Well, um, why has he got Frank... a Ouija board? Has it? Well, yeah, if, if he goes with the actual Bride of Frankenstein tone, that was quite whimsical and it was, yeah. It, yeah, it was sinister, but you had this amazingly camp Dr. Pretorius. Yeah, you did, yeah. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, is he... how has he had this chat with James Whale then? Has he got a Ouija board? Absolutely, what? I think. Yeah. But it's uh, tell me, James, what shall I do? Yeah, <laughs> run away, do the sequel I wanted to do. But yeah, yeah he's no. calling it an Eve before Adam tale. See, ah, so what? So will the bride be uh, created first, then, and then I be great Frankenstein? He, well, no, creating the monster, the monster. Yeah, you know, oh, stop correcting me. That's such. We're all I aware. I think you'll find. Yeah, I know. I, get, I, I do that to people, and then I stop because I think, no, I'm being a dick. A lot of people <laughs> I, I don't. don't. Being a, dick, a lot of people make the mistake, though, don't they? Yeah. But I'm they, being chased by a Frankenstein. I know, yeah. But, they, yeah, they're going to do the bride before. The bride will be created, and then before the be, groom. Before the groom, yeah, okay. Well, it doesn't really matter, I guess, but it's just Frankenstein was a good film in itself, and... I suppose if you turn it on its head, it doesn't make any difference, does it? No, I mean it's not the first time they've they've tried to retackle this. There was the uh, the one in the eighties with Sting. I've lost track of this now. There have been so many um, remakes of Frankenstein the, over the years. Um, well, that that was just the Bride, right? Yeah, I remember the, that. Then yeah. there was the the one with Robert De Niro as the monster. Yeah, and that had a bit of the Bride in as well. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know, um, I've lost track of them all. The one, the, that was the, the Kenneth the, Brennan one, that's the, the, re- the guy I was thinking of. Yeah, the recent Frankenstein movies have sort of 
passed me by. I'm just... Well, they've, they've always been quite slocky and they've never really taken it yeah. seriously. And... The one I did like was uh, Frankenstein, The True Story, which was a TV movie. Yeah, about 1973. Yeah. And they kept it pretty faithful to the novel, very, very much so, and they even had the ending in the, was it in the Arctic? Yeah, well, so the Branagh yeah. one did that as well. So. Yeah. So, yeah, so are you looking forward to Bride of Frankenstein in, in what is it, 2019? 2019, February 14th, so they're also going for a bit of romance in there as well. Oh, do you know that didn't trigger the date? When I saw the date, I forgot. See, uh, geeky, wow. geeky, geeky knowledge that you don't forget. Yeah. Um, the original Dracula opened on February 14th, 1931. Didn't know that. Actually didn't know that, so that's uh, that's interesting. So do you think, you've got any hope for this? Or after the last debacle, I mean, where do, where does that monster organisation fit into this then? Exactly. The well, he's, already, he's obviously said as well, which I don't know if you've read this bit, uh, that it's 100% not connected to the Dark Universe, although they're still billing it in the Dark Universe thing. He, but the director has said, Mr Condom has said. Well, then what's the point then? Yeah. What's this the is, point? This is then? going to be pe- it's going to be the DC all over again. Spoiler for the next. Bit oh yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. You wait after ten tonight. We'll we'll get into that. But um, Ed's just been on Twitter for this. Yeah. Uh, about this very subject. Uh, surely the way to start a Universal Monsters shared universe is a good old-fashioned anthology movie. And quite right, you're not having to commit to too long a story. Well, I'd be all right with and that. You, and you just throw a load in together, and they all can meet up at the end. Yeah, I mean. It's it to me. I just don't know if. See, the problem is with this. You've got what about five different properties? You have got the Wolfman, you got Frankenstein, you got Dracula, you got the Mummy, you've got the Invisible Man. That's five. There's more, and there? there's a few more, but the uh, like the Creature from the Black Lagoon and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and it's like every single one of them, any one of them on their own. If you said, right, I want you to do a contemporary successful remake. That, that fits with now works and people are going to go and see in a commercial sense. I think you'd struggle with every single one of them. Yeah. And I think that... I can't, uh, I can't see the Invisible Man working. No, I can't. I mean, it's been done. It. It's been done loads, hasn't it? I can't see it. Yeah, yeah. So did gags tonight. They're not hitting very well. No, well, no, and they're not. I didn't. Should we leave a gap for the? I didn't see where you were going from. Where (laughs) you were coming from? No, the thing is, it's like, how do you do a creature from the Black Lagoon? How do you do a? um, How do you uh, do the mummy? Like you've just seen the mummy, and and it wasn't. Valero del Toro's new film uh, mm. is is very similar. it's not in the story-wise, but yeah. it's the, the creature in it is very uh, creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. It's more of a love story, though. Okay. The Shape of Water. Well, he will be... Uh, his, his sort of design aesthetic will help with that, won't it? But the, the thing that gets me is this, uh, like, like, for example, The Mummy, when uh, we watched it, like, say, for all its faults and all the rest of it... <clears throat> You could see a lot of the money that had been spent on it. It was all there on screen. You saw there were a lot of visual effects, a lot of gore, a lot of fighting, a lot of of creature effects. And yet, it just wasn't scary to me. 
It wasn't like it wasn't a horror film to me. It was more like a an adventure film. Um, didn't it just didn't scare? Me. I can't imagine uh, people being scared by no. That. I mean, and I suppose people are not scared by the the old films anymore. Mm. Although they should be if they actually yeah. get and watch them properly, mm. because there's a lot in there. You know, the people don't watch black and white. We've had this argument before, not argument, but you know, it's mm, a, mm. we're exasperated with it. Yeah. You know, watch some black and white films. Well, there were some some movies. You know, some movies they say uh, work really good in black and white. And the, there's been a few made over the years. Young Frankenstein, actually. Well, was, yes, because it it, it yeah. was it was the homage to the films we're on about. Yeah, I know. So, but you got a lot of young people won't. won't and they had the for, original sets from yeah Frankenstein and that. but they won't yeah I remember um, but people won't sit through no and no they, I, know, I know I know young children from friends who've yeah. got grandkids and things like that and say you know tried letting them watch this and they haven't got uh, the patience for it it's a shame no well the the uh, other one the um, just I think the mist was done in colour but he, he suggested his favourite version of it, the director, was mm. in black and white. Well, the intention was to mm. release it in black and white, and they were refused. So. Yeah, see what I mean. Then uh, you've got um, Miller with Mad Max Fury Road. He brought out the chrome edition, didn't he? Yeah. Where he'd, he'd cranked up the contrast on it and and, and that's, that's it just a, and that's, that's an aesthetic uh, choice after the fact, really. But Well, I know, so a lot get, of people saying, oh, it works really well, but you, you know people what? people like Lynch who does does stuff in black and white and yeah but this is very effective when he does oh, yeah. that sort of stuff i mean even the the infamous episode eight went mm. into black and white yeah absolutely that you know eraser had more things you imagine it, eraser had would not be anywhere near as good in color no and, and ironically it was probably made in black and white for budget yeah so right so we saw a bit are you are same, any same you... as night of the living dead of course yeah so are any of you guys looking forward to Bride of Frankenstein? Let us know. But yep. Just... I've, I've opened a can of worms on uh, on Twitter. Oh, yeah. With the uh, the Frankenstein monster thing. Mm. Uh, our literary editor, Mr. Fortune, again. Oh, yes. Is, uh, is being pedantic and, and wrong. Uh, Frankenstein monster can also be called Frankenstein. That's how common uses works. It's all, Also, it's the creature's surname. It's not... It's not at all. It's not the greatest surname. He wasn't christened, so. Well, he wasn't even adopted, or, yeah. or he wasn't. I want to see publicly. the papers. Yeah, I mean, he didn't take him down the pub and go, "Look, here's my youngin." Look, <laughs> I don't it, know. Yeah, and the, the, there's somebody uh, chipping in with it as well that I won't get the time of day because they're wrong. Well, what are they saying? <laughs> it's common usage again. Yeah, and they, they started going on about uh, people who say, "I think you'll find." It's actually called Frankenstein's monster, which it is. So it's Frankenstein's monster. It's also called the monster referred yeah. to in the uh, in the, the movie or the creature, the monster. You know, it's um, or the creation. Thing. Like you no doubt uh, Frankenstein's army because it was built by Frankenstein. Yeah, you know, absolutely. <clears throat> like a possessive. Anyway, yeah. they say, even Hammer Frankenstein and the monster from hell. Yeah. So, Fra you know, Frankenstein is the man, and the monster from hell was David Prowse in a big fat suit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. The monster, Frankenstein and the monster from hell, there you go. That that 
That explains that. <laughs> that that's my argument, my lord. Well, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? But anyway, we got time for one quick um, one before we go for a next break. And I was just going to say, I was just going to ask your opinion on this because you've been watching it and I haven't. Um, Gotham Series 4 ratings have been dropping off a cliff in the States and it's on the verge of being cancelled and it's gone down, it's almost down to a third or a quarter of what it was previously over the last um, couple of seasons. It's just dropped, uh, season one, season two, pretty solid, looks like season three was a little down, which you'd expect, but... Season four, what's going on? Why is there something wrong with season four? That, that... well, we we we're not going to get that yet. Yeah, over here. Mm. But I'm, I'm aware that there are sources that we can get things from. Yes. Um, but they've moved it to a Friday night. Yeah. Well, I'm avoiding using it because I've not watched it. So yeah. I just wondered if you knew why. Um, <coughs> what is is there um, some dropping quality? Have they changed the storyline? Not what not is really. It? The um, because it will spoil it if I go too deep into it um, from where it goes in the first three seasons. Mm. Uh, it's getting more into the Batman territory now. Mm. Uh, little Bruce Wayne is is picking the mantle up a bit and he's actually getting yeah. out there and being a bit more of a vigilante oh, right. rather than just a precocious little brat. Right. Um, I thought it was about 10 or something when the first yeah. episode I saw. Then that was, what, three years, four no, years right. ago? Okay, so he's so 14, 14 now. now so. yeah. Okay, right. He's got pubes and everything. <clears throat> Blimey. <laughs> Blimey. Not that you've seen him. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'll take your word on it, you know. <laughs> I don't need evidence, I'm fine. And, uh, and Alfred's still got his uh, chirpy Cockney accent. Oh, and... well, I, just, I heard somebody say, talking about him the other day. and um, He's looking more like his saying, dad. Yeah, they were saying, oh, he's... Uh, it's not. He turned out to be not a bad Alfred once you get used to it. But you shouldn't have to get used to it, should you? But but he's yeah. he's arts in the right place, and it's it's a good show. Yeah, it's it's got some good uh, ups and downs, but it's 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 been solid. Yeah, I think I think it is literally because they've moved it to a Friday. Uh, yeah, but why have they moved it to Friday? They usually but, do that when they're struggling with something. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the last one that I knew that was doing well on a Friday was Grim. Right. Which I don't think you watched. I did, no. and that finished last year right. or earlier this year. Um, I think that did about six or seven seasons, or maybe, oh, okay. maybe five. One of them. Yeah. One of them numbers. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it all the way. It yeah, went. It went from being a, a monster of the week thing to having a good, solid storyline. Oh, does enough people like it? It has to be something good in it. Like I say, I will. Put, and also, with regards to Gotham, I will pay it a visit and try and catch up. But the. You know, it looks like it's going to be one of them. If, if this doesn't improve, then I'll end up bloody watching it, knowing it gets canned. But, but if I they, hope if, if, if they, they get noticed, I, I they hope can if they get. I was just going to say, I hope they get noticed, and if they can end on this season and end it before he's fully Batman, yeah, they've got somewhere to go with. If they decide to do something else, yeah, of course, yeah. Whereas if they just leave it hanging, then it's. Uh... I hate that. I hate it. I. I mean, I feel sorry for people who are watching a show for years and then the end like that I've, I've been burnt so many times with it and i i like the fact that when certain shows they've committed and gone well look irrespective of ratings you're going to get your full arc they we've lost yeah. they give them the amount of years they needed to wrap up the story irrespective of if the ratings had started to sink <clears throat> and i think that's great and 
I think it's really tight when they don't give enough time to a, a, a program maker to uh, wrap it up. It happened with Babylon 5 years ago. They, they didn't um, give him notice until the last minute, so he had to film the final episode. And then, if it got extended, he would film a uh, penultimate episode that had acted as a cliffhanger possible ending to that season. Yeah. And then he'd bump the final episode to the end of the season after, which he did. Uh, but then the final season of the show very much felt like it didn't have a story. Because Cause they were just ending to that. Yeah, because they were careful to leave it so there were no loose ends if it got ended with season four and then it got a fifth which season. Which is probably what Lynch was doing in that penultimate mm. episode. It was the typical <clears throat> tie up every loose end thing. Yeah. And then he just pulled the rug again. He did pull the rug, yeah, definitely. Um there's certainly something to be uh, to be going on with if it comes back, that's a certain But but if you if you get on to Gotham, stick with it and, mm. and keep watching for Penguin because oh, yeah. uh, Robin Lord Taylor yeah. is amazing, isn't it? Right. He's he starts off really annoying. Yeah. As as all the characters do. Of course, yeah. But yeah, he was uh, he's really coming to his own. He's I'll really have good. to give it a go. Um, possibly after this set serving of this CW when they all return, because well, it yeah. looks like I'm going to come back in a couple of weeks, and that'll all be kicking off. So, right, well, we'll go for a break, and we will be back very shortly. Sadismo is a motion picture that shows every startling sight unposed, unashamed. Sadismo is an authentic catalogue of cruelty actually filmed in the dark corners of our so-called civilised world. See the forbidden. See sights and sounds never before filmed. Sadismo. In living colour is the most searing disclosure you have ever known. Sadismo is life as it is. Life in the raw. Starburst Magazine, the world's longest-running magazine of cult entertainment. All the latest from the fantasy genre. Available from any good newsagent, or you can download to your tablet today. Across the world, 24 hours a day. And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International. And we've got a few emails here. Right. So, Russ is on. Oh. Yay. Evening, Mike and Arcade. It was great to catch the new podcast. Always good to listen live to hear what's not beeped. Although you missed a Mr. Beep from the rancid vampire slayer upstairs. Oh, shit. I'd better check that. You can't edit it, though, can you? I can I can, yeah, can I can, you? yeah, I can. About, about disrupting this? No, it won't, because it'll just replace, because it's only the, the source feed. I right. can put it, I can just overwrite it, but I can't, oh, Jesus. The problem is, it was, it was, I was being a dick, right? And For a when, change. Yeah, of course. And when you're being a bit of a dick, it's all right when you're not the one that has to edit it, and... I basically created a nightmare for myself because I was I said it that many times thinking I was smart. Shall, shall yeah. I go and do it now? Eh? Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I can no, just tell please, that. Please tell don't. that joke for like twenty minutes. No, good God, no, no, because I was like, oh, there's one. A beep, 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 and it was just constant. I'm trying to get rid of, and um, yeah, it looks like I've missed one. Shit. I, don't I just know. don't want him to find out. That's all. Um, <laughs> 
Um, he says, and what a bonus to hear Chris Hayes' news round. Um, and he's talking about America, saying, in a country where you can buy and freely walk around with your high-powered rifle from Walmart and you can't buy a Kinder Egg because the bandit's getting more Royston Vasey than real life. How long, how soon before it's escaped from USA? Not long. Absolutely. Uh, sent from the Cliff Twemlow's posh house in Barry. Absolutely. Do you remember Cliff Twemlow? No, I don't. Uh, he, he was a director. He, he, I think he lived in Earlham. Sort of. right. he, he did a, a, a slew of low-budget movies in the 80s. Oh, right. The yeah. most famous being GBH. Oh, yeah. Uh, which only kept, It was shot on video. Right. I've got, I've got a copy. I'll have to... Sh- Oh, right. it, okay. is, it is classic, it's brilliant they shot it in Manchester mm. uh, 42nd Street's in there uh, the club oh I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't <coughs> mind seeing this um, yeah. they did some stuff at the Rainbow Rooms remember near yeah. me mm. uh, we actually, because we live around the corner from there Yeah, we remember it being filmed we didn't see it being filmed but we remember hearing about it being right, filmed yeah. so. well, it's always exciting when you're younger isn't it and you yeah. the uh, film and... he actually was mm. going to make a film because he was a writer as well, he's mm. written some books. He's going to re- make a film on his book, The Pike, right? Which is obviously Jaws ripoff. Of course, yeah. yeah. Well, I remember, I, yeah, it, it's great when they film locally because yeah. I remember the uh, Richard Gear was hanging around Stockport for, uh, for Yanks, Yanks yeah, yeah, and they were filming it all through Staley Bridge. And then they, one day we were at, they were at school, my primary school, and then they all rode past the like the army, yeah, yeah the speech marks, the army. Um, with with Richard Gere on a truck with all of them there, because we didn't know who he was, but we were all at the window going, yay, waving and stuff at all these, <laughs> yeah, fake, at these, at these <laughs> fake American soldiers that, that were not. And then he did a drive down a bike down uh, Hillgate in Stockport. Brilliant. Anyway, cool. But, you know, it's always fun when you're a kid. It's that exciting when someone's filming. It's like the most exciting thing you can happen, can it? But you the, know? the Pike, he actually created, one of the special effects people created a full-size robotic yeah. Pike Yeah. that they put in the water and everything. There's footage on YouTube from, uh, Green Keep must have been Northwest Tonight, Right. interviewing about it. Uh, Joan Collins was signed up to, to star in it. Blimey. And uh, it, it just fell through. Oh, so they've, right. they've got this footage of it in the water, just testing it, and that's all that got filmed. I'll have to find out more about this guy. Uh, there's his... a book about it. Yeah. Uh, C.P. Lee wrote a book about right. it. No, I'm not familiar with it. And, sounds uh, sounds and great. Before I forget as well, I was going to mention it last week, but it was my brother's birthday on Saturday. So Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Ross. Yeah. Happy birthday. See, yeah, that's, I've that's got the... a sore throat or I'd sing to you. Yeah, well, <laughs> I won't sing to you. That's actually present. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Caldwell is um, is emailing in saying, love black and white. The original haunting and Night of the Demon are my favourites. Absolutely. Are. Night of the Demon is... It's, it's one of them up there on my top, no, top five films. It's just so, so good. And that, that creature at the end is... I love it. Yeah. Iconic. I also love the original Outer Limits black and white series. Yep, I love that. Uh, the Zanti Misfits. Yeah, wow. oh, freaky. Yeah which I first discovered late night on BBC Two when Taj Fahamagi wrote about it in Starburst. Yeah, I remember that's why I started watching it as well, strangely. It's weird, isn't it, that I've got this job because a lot of the stuff I'm into is because I read it in this very magazine yeah, years ago. when it was been a, like that. Yeah, but I'd never thought we'd be working on it when we were re- reading it. <laughs> it's, it's weird, isn't it? But the yeah, that, that column... 
I remember reading it. He wrote about it in TV Zone, and he said, you know, this is, is coming on. You need to catch it. And I wasn't aware of it. I knew the Twilight Zone, mm. but I hadn't uh, heard much about the Outer Limits. And I friggin' freaked out at the mm. Outer Limits. If, if anything, you know what? I, I thought it was, it was better. There's some of it, yeah. Yeah, do you like the um, opening credits? Do you remember? We control the vertical, yeah. we control the horizontal. Absolutely, Brilliant. Yeah. Which now, I guess you don't even have them now, do you? It no, wouldn't make that, any sense. That wouldn't make would no sense nowadays to me. Yeah. These people, we, we control your motion control. Yeah, yeah we're <laughs> going to turn your true motion on and off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can roll the image, make it flutter. We can change the focus to a soft blur or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your television set. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. No, crazy days. It's what I mean, you don't... Um, people today don't know they're born. Mm -hmm. And Kells is saying, just want to add to the show, absolutely loving Star Trek. Good, good. There's, some people are, and some people aren't, and I'm yet to be won over yet. I've, I've got to the point where I'm just treating it as a separate thing. I'm not. That's probably the best way. Because, yeah, it doesn't fit with any of these. You're going to end up dissecting it. Well, I know, and I want, I want, I want to give it a chance because I love Star Trek and I want to enjoy it. Episode and... three wasn't too bad. Okay, well, I've got to. I'm watching that when I get in. I mean, the, the... and Shauna liked episode three actually, so that's probably yeah. good for you. Well, that that's what I mean. I it will be because it's more standard Star Trek at that yeah, point. Yeah. But I'll tell you something. It's going to take some um, winning over by that character because. I, I thought she was an absolute arsehole. For I the think first there's a lot episodes. of jumps of logic again, but she just act, she acted unstable in them too, and it, I mean she caused a lot of the things that went wrong, and it's very difficult to root for a character that's that way off base, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, I did I did appreciate some of the aspects of it, and that, like I say, if you if I can just treat it as a separate Star Trek. Uh, that's great. It's just things like Sarek turning up, and then you've got then you've like Harry Mudd's about to turn up, and then it's I, this is the bit that confuses me. If this show had had just taken place after the others and not had all these connections, it, it could have connected with say some of the Next Generation crew and had cameos mm. with them as old people or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that would have worked well, like they did in Next Gen. They had an old. Dr. McCoy turned up and Sarak turned up old and all that. But I think they wanted cameos from the original series, younger versions. And you really can't get away with what they're doing at that point. You can't have mm. something where you've got a hologram on deck. They're communicating via holograms. When you've had 
clearly had episodes where that was created and introduced into the show. Yeah, and that the first series was using gaffer ray tubes. Yeah, this is what I mean. But So what I've done is I've just gone, right, okay, well, I'm giving up on that aspect of it and I'm just going to watch it as a straightforward Star Trek show and see if I, I like it. And I'm going to watch tonight so maybe, and maybe I'll have more of a... I'll have a better opinion because there was some stuff I really liked about it. I, I, I'm not going to get my head around them Klingons. I just don't. I don't like them. Mm. I mean, they're quite. I, I do. I did like. There were certain aspects they introduced to them, like they put the dead bodies on the outside of the ship as a, a shield and all that. And I thought, mm. Christ, that's very metal, that isn't it? You know. <laughs> um, but then I think I preferred the other Klingons. You know, they, they they're not. Yeah, it's weird. Like I said, them are my problems. The the Sarak and connections with the Enterprise and the original Star Trek and the fact that you've got Klingons that are not Klingons jarring. If they were a different species and the uh, and this was taking place later, I'd, I'd probably be enjoying it. Mm. So I'm going to try and be open-minded about it and not treat it as a prequel to these other shows. Yeah. Because, because you are looking for things that are out of out of whack. Well, you can't help it. I mean, it just it, things are out of whack. I mean, the 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 look of it, the tech, that everything does it doesn't fit with what was going on. I actually don't mind the look of the ship. It's the the ship. If you look at Ralph McQuarrie's design for the Enterprise for Star Trek: The Motion Picture. It's that ship. Mm. It's literally that ship. And and if you and they're out, you can find them online. Just go Ralph McQuarrie Star Trek, and or Ralph McQuarrie Enterprise, and it'll come up. And they that was his design for that because they approached him because he'd done Star Wars. So now here is the thing that's either deliberate, which is nice if it is because that's mm. good homage, or it's not. As long as you've paid the estate of uh, Ralph McQuarrie. Well, that's it, isn't it? So, but but I do don't mind the look of the ship. You know, it's like, I find oh, it quite. Fun. There's a, there's an interesting story that's going to be in the next issue mm. of Starburst, available in all stores. Yeah. Um, <coughs> in our uh, saucer section. Oh yes. Subspace relay the news column. Oh yeah. Uh, which um, there's a book coming out, like there will be. Of course. You know, yeah. With all the, the extended stories yeah. from Discovery, mm. and apparently it's going to be canon. And I think if I think I've re- I know what you're going to say. Yeah, and it basically yeah. explains why the costumes are different. Does yeah, it doesn't explain. It doesn't get around the tech though. No, don't get around the tech. See, it does say that the constellation ships that you see in uh, the Star Trek. They had a different uniform. That's what that book says, mm. and the it doesn't explain why the tech is way more advanced on them yeah. ships. Why have why have these had your better? They've got the upgrades. So you're, you're, yeah, you're in there. The newer ship. The there new, you are. Yeah, the newer ships, the constellation ones that are the ones that are in the original the, the, series have, have the lower tech. Ones, yeah, know. they have lo-fi tech, and that doesn't it? it you uh, can't, you can't. They're the kicking back in retro, ain't they? They'll have it. <laughs> well, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. It don't work, so if it don't work, then don't try to make it work and just watch it as a separate thing, and I might end up enjoying it in, in that respect. You might enjoy some of it, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I just love Star Trek, so I'm gonna, there's got to be something I like in it at some point, um, and hopefully, like, you know, the first, the next generation, the first season was a bit ropey at the beginning, um, 
It's only, how many episodes is this? It's 15, is it? Something like that. Yeah. Or 18. Yeah. And it's not a massive, like, 24 episode thing, is it? So, no, no. You know, in and out. I just want to, I just want to like her. They're going to have to do a bit of work on her. Um, yeah. Michael Burnham. Yeah, well, 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 we'll talk again when you've seen it. I will, yeah, yeah, I will. Because I don't want to spoil it. Listen, if I start enjoying it, I'll admit, I'll go, yep, brilliant. And uh, all that, I just, I found it a little bit jarring the first two. And I was, I, and the stuff I was worried about was actually the case, which mm. I did, I was hoping not. So there you go. But I didn't think I'd enjoy some of the aesthetics and some of the things. I mean, I like the, the fact they've kept that little background noise. Yeah, of course. That's Star Trek, without that. God, I wish we had that everywhere we went. I wish that was in in the offices here. Yeah, yeah. That noise, yeah. Although the cuckoo clock batteries run out. Yeah. So we don't have, every, on the hour now, the Star Trek theme music with a little Enterprise flying round a clock, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. I think either you or Shauna have actually sabotaged it. I don't think the batteries run out. No, I think you've I cut think, a wire. I think we'd I do think. that. <laughs> I don't know. I think you probably swapped it for a battery that's dead or something. Yeah, yeah. power shot battery. Yeah. Bloody hell. Julie B's emailing. Hi, Mike and Martin. Do you ever have any nights in Manchester when people can say hello to you? Uh, yeah, we do. We do sometimes. We do yeah. have, have get-togethers. And You're welcome to buy us a drink. And Indeed. And we, we're in Fab quite a bit, actually. We're in Fab Cafe a bit because, obviously, I've, oh, that's my place. So I go over there because I'm a tight ass and I don't have to pay for drinks. So... It's always everybody good else does so. Oh, get off! No, they don't. <laughs> no, don't say that to everybody out there. They'll yeah. be going in wanting yeah. free drinks. But we are with some of the readers. We are inviting um, people that want to come to the select uh, people, to select people who, who are listeners to the show or who are regulars who've been on the show for a, a while, listening and reading the magazine. Do you want to come to the forty-year anniversary? We do have, uh, I have got a list and I can put you on it. Um, got limited tickets. Limited. Uh, if The way to do it is email me at jordan.royce at starburstmagazine.com. That's jordan.royce at starburstmagazine.com. And it's in November. It's towards the end of November on a Saturday. Yeah. And um, if you can just email and say, look, any chance I can come? It's that simple. Secret venue. And then I'll, uh, and I will let you know where and when it's going to be, and I can put you on the list if you so require. Yeah. That would be good. It'd be nice to see you anyway. It'd be nice to see anybody that's been listening to the show for a bit and yeah. uh, wants to come and, and, and say hi. to uh, your face. Oh, I will do sometimes. You know what it is. It's, it's one of them. I'll just read this out. It's a nice email. I was just checking that it's okay to read this out because you know what it's <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, I re- we I've read some this. horrific emails out and my mental, my the way I think mentally, I'll read it and then at the bottom I'll get to the bit where, of course, do not read this out and it's too late. I've, I've just read it. Yeah. Tony Feldman. Hi, Mike. I've never emailed into your radio show before, but I thought it was time. I just wanted to thank you and everyone involved in Fab Radio, and especially this show. Um, radio, and especially internet radio, is important to me as I'm disabled, and listening to radio that isn't PC nonsense has been a journey which has helped not only my mental health, but my total well-being. Best wishes, Tony. Brilliant. Do you know what? That makes it worthwhile. And, I mean, I'm not just saying that. It does, because I do... 
I do hope there's some people. I know it's it's chaos here. Um, it's not Radio One by any re- it's by any means. It's not. We the, wouldn't want to be either. This show uh, on last week's show was absolutely. I'll tell you something. We I did, this week I was determined we're going to get our shit together a little bit, which I think we have slightly. Yeah. Oh my God, the the arguing and the 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 tangents last week. We didn't. I don't think we dealt with anything. I think we just. We're going on about one thing and go, ended up nowhere. Maybe was, if, if you edited it together, it would actually go different. Oh, in different bits. Yeah, yeah you'd have yeah. to. It'd be, it'd be like Lost. Yeah. It'd be like doing an episode of Lost, trying to make sense of last week's episode. Um, especially, God, you and Chris and the, that dicking about, oh, what was it, that argument again last week? It was man, madness. And then Avatar. He, yeah, about Avatar. And then, he, and then he started, do you remember when he said, oh, what is it? I go, Star Wars, I listen to this, st- what is it, Star Wars commentary before I go to bed? Yeah. I didn't even know that. God. He's never mentioned that. Not when we're out having a drink, he's not even mentioned that. No. Has he? He's never mentioned that, has he? Yeah, and it just, I, couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing, because it's the way he said it. He, he thought, oh, bless him. Yeah. Good and God. his little blanket. No, you know, if the world was full of people doing that, we, we would have less problems, wouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, less know. guns on the road. Yeah. Loz is saying, those Klingons are just rip-offs of White Walkers featured in Game of Thrones, WTF. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, the, if, they, if they weren't Klingons, I don't know if I like them or not. It's hard, isn't it, because the, you can't judge it. Yeah. Because there was some stuff in, like, Voyager and all that, the, the Kazons that were in it, they were supposed to be, they, they were obviously their version of Klingons, and I thought they were bloody awful. Whereas at least these, these creatures... If, if they weren't Klingons, I think I might find them interesting. Yeah, but they, they'd still look just enough yeah. like Klingons that you'd think you're just ripping them off. I think the mistake with these Klingons as well in the new Invoyage they, they in Discovery. Like the later ones. Yeah, they do, but also, do you know, have you noticed? I was trying to think, what is it about these that isn't quite working for me? And do you know what I think it is? If you look at Klingons on the normal Klingons on Star Trek, the recent ones, they, yeah, sure, they've got prosthetics. They've got that ridge thing on the mm. head. They've got stuff. But there's nothing stopping their expressions coming through, is mm. there? Because the rest of it, the face is quite yeah, unadorned. Okay. And yeah, if they're yeah. angry, they look angry. If they're smiling or if they're doing the Klingon blood wine and going, ah, and, and being triumphant, you know, that you got the expressions on the face. They, these are very heavily... Um, prostheticized faces, aren't they? Yeah, they yeah, were, yeah. If that is such a if there is a word, that is a it word, is isn't now. it? Yeah. And it, it, the, when they look angry, you can't tell because they all look pissed off, don't they? Because they, they're rigid features. They, yeah, that, yeah. Those, it's, it's almost like a fixed. It face. is a fixed visage. So if they're happy, you can't tell. If they're pissed off, you can't tell. They just look like a bunch of a bunch of angry people with monks on, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. But that was my own thing. Like I say, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying I'm trying. I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to watch the third one, and I will let you know when and I then get you're back. You're going to listen to a Star Wars podcast. I'll listen to a Star Wars commentary yeah before I go to bed. Is it like Oval Team? That? Yeah. Is that what it is? See, I missed out on that. I didn't. I didn't yeah. know. Christ, I wonder if he's going to do that when he's in Vegas. He's going to yeah, be yeah. there listening as long as he's to on his, his headphones. And he's not got his uh, bloody hell. His little tranny next to him. Well, you were like when we were there um, last time. What happened? He, uh, he, he, I think twice he was playing blackjack and he he pulled. He managed to get thirty, <laughs> right? And I've never seen it before. 
And then, and then just before he did that, he, came, he went over because he, he needed a bit of money. So he went over to, he was putting his, uh, getting some money and putting his passport in the safe, yeah. So he goes back to the apartment. He puts it, comes back and yeah, he's, he's fucked. He's gone and put the wrong password in. Because when you take it out, you use the password to open it. Then you use the pass, same password to close it. But that password, if say I use four letters, four, four letters and it's one, six, one, two. And then say I then Which typed numbers, in not yeah. Letters. If I then typed in when I closed it one six one three close yeah, that's your new pen. You've changed the pin then. Right. So he changed the pin and couldn't remember what it was. So we had a, we had all our passports and all the money all locked in. He's the one, isn't he? It's very. It, I couldn't stop laughing though. It was um, one of them. Anyway, we're heading. I think we need to go for a, a next our final break and then do our last bit. I think then we can do the DC Universe to end on, can't we? Yeah, I've yeah. got the quick question from. Uh, go on, Alan. An- Antimatter, of course, is uh, of course David Goldard. Indeed, uh, which we sort of can think of in the break. Uh, we will. Hiya, chaps. Other than Toxic Avenger films, are there any trauma films worth watching? I've got an answer already, but I'll have another think while we're on break now. We'll have it. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll have a trauma break, and it, hopefully not a trauma break. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back. And just keep emailing in, guys. Keep emailing in. Uh, studio at fabradiointernational.com. It was summer, a pleasant outdoor cafe. They sat in the sun with their friends, enjoying good food, good wine, the good life. Then came the Cycle Savages. Within minutes, dreams of a lifetime were shattered. Motorcycle chains and wooden clubs left their bloody marks everywhere. No one escaped them, man, woman, or child. And when they left, no one had the guts to turn them in. The Cycle Savages is a brutal story of Keek, their leader, so twisted even the rest of the pack feared him, of the girls, the drugs, the booze, and the machines that roared hate till the whole town shuddered. The Cycle Savages stars Bruce Dern, Chris Robinson, Melody Patterson. You'll hate this picture because somewhere you're in it. The Cycle Savages is rated R. Starburst Magazine, issue 441. Available from a newsagent near you. Or download to your tablet today. Across the world. 24 hours a day. This is Radio International. And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International. And yeah, it wouldn't be this show if I didn't fuck something up at some Everybody stage. Everybody panicked then, thinking, we were, going thinking we were going early. No, I'm getting used to the new system. And I went and uh, I didn't press the button that was supposed to press. And it went into the uh, I can tell outro. you how to go away from that one later on. I, I think I could do with that, actually. Yeah, yeah. My, my training is not complete, you see, <laughs> on the new system. Sorry, everybody. Right, so we're here, we're here for a little bit longer. A few more emails, then we'll get into the final story. Uh, The DC Extended Universe and its final fate, or or certainly its next phase, but answering stuff. Um, Another lovely email here off Jeff Runciman. He's saying, evening, Mike. It was nice to hear the email from the bloke who is disabled. I have to agree with him. I do not think you know how important this show or this radio station really is. 
in a world full of bullshit, this is the only place I can recommend. It's talked about on a regular basis. That is the good and the bad bits here in North Wales, Jeff. What a, yeah, what a yeah, nice... They, well, do you know what? Thank you. I don't know what to say. I mean, when I was listening to last week's show, I was wondering who the hell is listening to this, you know. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's honest. It's it, We wear our hearts on our sleeve and we say what's what. And, yeah, we get a fair bit of grief over it. Um, but... So it's nice to know that there's people that, that do appreciate what we're doing. It's lovely. Karen Moore saying, what channel is Star Trek on? Not seen it advertised anywhere, Karen. Well, if you're in the States, it's on CBS uh, CBS On Demand. All, which all access. To, all access, yeah. yeah, something like that, where you pay a subscription. But here in the UK, Europe, it's Netflix. So you have to watch it on Netflix. Or if you know somebody who's got Netflix, go around the house and... Uh, yeah and watch it with them because you really shouldn't be torrenting it should you if if uh, considering how much money that they're charging for people to watch it that'd be wrong wouldn't it to torrent it so don't torrent it no don't torrent because it, 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 it even though it's really easy to find on a torrent and, and you can and, download it in five minutes don't torrent it they get a netflix subscription and don't code it and don't use Cody. no don't do we have any other things that you cannot use to, uh, to probably, watch it? Probably not that I know of, but I'm sure there is some. Okay, well, listen, you, you know, you make sure they... Emule. Yeah, Emule or E-Donkey. Yeah. She'd probably think, how old are these guys yeah. talking about these things, you know? Napster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rossi's on again, he's Ooh. just saying, hi again, not watched Discovery yet. Then again, I've not watched Game of Thrones either. If I wanted backstabbing two-faced witches, uh, two witches who put it all about all over the place, I'd get in touch with one of the ex-wives. Wow. That's <laughs> nice paraphrasing your gag. Golly, golly, golly. Uh, I can uh, certainly get my head around that one. I listen to Starburst podcasts at work all day. Then for a change, I listen to... Fab, and I was pleasantly surprised, made a change to constantly hearing Kasabian or the Arctic George Formbys. So well done all round, and thought I was getting special treatment when our kids said, come out as a birthday present, tight ass like I, Dad. He, he's that tight, he only breathes in. On a lighter note, to the person who stole my Microsoft office, I will find you, you have my word. Oh, what happened then? Oh. What's, what's happened is he had a theft. Word, I don't know. Stole his Microsoft office. So you never know that it could be it could be some in gag that I'm not, <laughs> I don't have a clue what he means. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, I'll just check. Do you know what? I'll, I'm going to check the junk folder. No, there's no junk this week. Yeah, check your junk. See, I'm doing some things yeah. right. Bloody hell! Oh, I'm so good. I made that mistake though with that music. Hey, considering how I well it was going, there. I was nearly there. Yeah. I got right to the end. Good I, God! It's awful when that happens. I know. So, DC Extended Universe. Um, yeah. It had all been going a bit wrong, hadn't it? And even though Wonder Woman, I'm not a big fan, but I got I got that it was better than the other ones, but mm. it still had lots it's of a bit more accomplished. But... but but it was too little, too late because you had a couple of movies that were in production. Like the Flash is an absolute car crash. They've not even started on that yet because it's been, they've changed directors so many times. It's a mess. They couldn't get it to work tonally. I've heard that the scripts were wrong, everything's crap, the Batman situation's gone to shit, Affleck's quit as director, he's hanging in there, but everybody's expecting him to quit at any moment from that film. Everything involving this 
where Marvel just went from one to another to another to another, and maybe there were some that we like better than others, but they they haven't put a bad movie out, and it's uh, nothing contradicts anything. Now, DC Extended Universe, the last blow was last week's show when I said, this is terrible, and I did. And, and I'm not just saying I foreshadowed this, but I had an idea that they were going to have to do something, and I was saying they're going to do the Flashpoint mm. and try and clean it up, but they've not even done that. I think they're going to use the Flashpoint to do something, but it's, it basically they got rid of the dickhead that's playing Lex Luthor. He's an absolute dickhead i mean i mean the guy himself seems i've seen him in stuff and quite liked him he was all right his portrayal was ridiculous it was it was he was just an annoying twat that's it he wasn't some hyperactive genius he was an annoying twat or as they call him in uh i think the the phrase of the guy who took over the head of uber came out with a great phrase for this he said our company's moving forward from this because they had their last ceo I've been basically insulting all the drivers and calling them all knobs and stuff because they were upset at not being paid enough, you know. And he and this guy took over. He said, yeah, we're moving into a new era and this company's no longer going to tolerate uh, talented jerks. And he played in, in, in Batman versus Superman, he played that character as a talented jerk, mm. a genius jerk. And do you know what? We don't, it's not entertaining to watch dickheads like that no. on screen is it there's enough people like that in real life we yeah don't need it. that's my point so that was it so when that happened i said this is this is pretty much as bad as it's gonna get they they've got rid of the main villain out of the film the, the dark side you've got a, fil- a, a film now where they're just fighting one of his henchmen so it's like a bond film but you've, you've only, your big bad that Bond comes up at, at the end is just the henchman, not Dr. No or Goldfinger, whatever. It's yeah. just the guy with the prosthetic limb who laughs a lot or whatever, you know. And, um, and now, where, here we go. The announcement was made on Friday, just uh, last week, last Friday. And they're no longer going to uh, rely, Diane Nelson uh, talking on behalf of DC said, they're no longer going to have any insistence on continuity. There'll be no insistence on the overall storyline or continuity. In other words, we will make films that may not fit with other movies that we make, and it, they won't all... They won't all be singing from the same hymn sheet. You'll get one that contradicts another. They'll be doing Elseworlds ones. The Joker origin apparently is supposed to be an alternative one. Doesn't fit with Suicide Squad or anything. It's a different Joker. This, and this can only be a bad thing, surely. Well, it's the white flag. They've given up. They've mm. they've admitted that they fucked up. That's it. That's what that that press statement might as well have been. Yep. Whoopsie. Yeah. Whoopsie. You know. Sorry. Sorry, you know, and if she's trying to make this as our way carefully thought out decision, no, this is a panic move. And do you know what I reckon? I'm just going to give you my, from what I've been reading uh, online and the, the rumours and the stuff that comes on the uh, message boards and all the rest of it, they, from people who seem to be in the knowledge. When Justice League, when his daughter died, Zack Snyder, they jumped at the chance to get somebody else to try and rescue that movie mm. they were already i think that stopped him from having to basically cut him out of the yeah, final process have that conversation yeah i uh, i think that i think that whedon has got 
his hands on it and he's just gone back to him and go, man, this is almost irretrievable. We're going to have to lose this, this, this and this. I don't think he likes the character of Lex Luthor played by him. And Jesse Eisenberg, yep. say his name. I can't, Eisenberg. Well, I always think, because he, I get mixed up, because the other Lex Luthor off Smallville's got a very similar name. It's Michael mm. What's-It-Bomb or whatever yeah, is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, he's, it's a mess. It's officially a mess. Now you've got a series of movies that do not have to fit together. Do you read the, uh, the quote that Gal Gadot said about Justice League. No, go on. Uh, says that it's still a Zack Snyder film. It's mostly his stuff. That's what she's reckoning. Yeah, but I mean, you you can say that, but... But I think that's the party line rather than... You've had this before. It's happened with Superman the movie. Back in, back in the day, they had Richard Donner for two movies and they paid him for the first one. He then uh, filmed a massive portion. They did them back-to-back. He filmed a massive portion of part two. And then Superman 2, when they came down to it, Richard Donner, they, if they were going to use um, a lot of his stuff, uh, they, uh, they needed to pay him a little bit more. So they didn't continue with him filming. Uh, they replaced him with Richard Lester. And there was a famous fallout over that. And one of the big reasons why Richard Donner was upset with him as well is that it came to uh, the stuff that was shot by Marlon Brando as Jor-El to be in Superman 2. They owed him fees if they were going to use that and to cut back on costs because they'd gone over budget. They said, no, we're not going to. We're just going to get um, What's-Her-Face, who played Lara, to... Um, mm. Yeah, Susanna York, is yeah, it? Yeah. You got her to play, uh, do some scenes because she was a hell of a lot cheaper. And he, Donna went, well, that's outrageous treating a guy like Marlon Brando like that. Mm. And and that led to the big fallout. Now, you had, yeah, two directors on that film. You had Richard Donner and Richard Lester came along and did uh, the rest of it. And they were very, very, very different because if you watch Superman 3, that's much more of a comedy. And Richard Lester was used to direct the sort of Ealing comedy yeah, type yeah, films. Absolutely. And even the beginning is like an Ealing comedy, Superman 3. Yeah, it's, it's a slapstick it uh, is, yeah. piece. And it was jarring to some people, especially when you then throw in the mix that basically the star of the movie, the person who got paid most, who got paid more than Christopher Lee, was Richard Pryor. Mm. So it's not new this, where you've got, a film that's not going right. There's a big row behind the scenes and they need to get somebody in. It's genius that they got weed in him because they, he did such a good job on the Avengers and he got shafted on Age of Ultron. They mm. wouldn't stop interfering with that film and he's been a gentleman about it, but the rumours and everything else that's come out is that they were constantly hamstringing him and doing that because they made so much money off the first one. They were greedy. They didn't want to take any risks. He wanted to do things they weren't happy with. And then he said, yeah, he's ended up leaving and having nothing more to do with them. Mm. And here we are again. At least DC have gone right. <coughs> Let, let's have somebody on board who seems to know how to do this kind of thing. Now, if they're listening to him to the point where they're sacking um, Eisenberg and they're getting... Um, they've... Well, they've not necessarily sacked him. They've just removed his, his stuff. He's still well, getting, he's he's still gone, getting paid. He's gone, though, hasn't he? Yeah. Still gone. He's not, he's it, an, he, yeah, but it's not about the money with people like that. It's not about the money. I, he 
will be very upset that he's on the cutting room floor yeah. because they're oh, just going to be yeah. on the Blu-ray. He's going to be on the extended. I don't version. think so. I don't think so. It depends how well. If they make a decent film out of this, they'll go. Yep. Okay. Thank you very they much. They did thank it with you. Batman versus Superman, and that wasn't. Yeah, a but that was film. already a disaster. Whereas yeah, this might be all they right. They were desperate to do something and get some money, so they re-released it as an extended. Version. I think there's a chance with Justice League that Whedon has done enough to counter some of it. But the problem is, it's got that dark aesthetic. When I'm looking at it and I'm watching the the trailers, it's got all the stuff about it that didn't work in Batman v and Superman. That's another quote that we can come to from uh, from Miss Gadot. Uh, got a lot to say for herself, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Eh? Considering I've only she? written two things down, it's all quite, quite ominous. Yeah. Uh, she said it doesn't have the weight that Batman versus Superman had. What you mean, the dark tone, or yeah, the, yeah. or the? Yeah. Well, yeah, all right, but that doesn't mean it's any good. No, absolutely. Might not be any good. The only other quote I've written down as well is from Ben Affleck. He says the criticism from. Uh, Batman vs Superman was fair. He's admitted it now. He said that. Yeah. When did he say that? Yeah, a couple of days ago. By the way. I missed that. Bloody hell. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. That it's that sound of silence clip on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. Where he's being interviewed, uh, and and it's the funniest thing in the world. And he said, um, someone said to him a few months back in an interview, "What's one of your biggest regrets in life?" Whether they're just interviewing him, he went, "Well." Let's put it this way, he said, I'm never going to appear um, looking really miserable on an interview ever again, so I don't have to have further sound of silence put over me. Um, <laughs> so that... you know he's seen it. Yeah, but that's, yeah. that shows he's got a sense of humour too. I think he has. I think he's all right. I do. I think he's he's quite a reasonable guy. I, I honestly believe he wanted to do Batman. I think he mm. wanted to do it great. I, want, I think he wanted to do a definitive version of it, and it's all gone to shit around him. Yeah, yeah. You know, that film, unfortunately, scuppered him. And then you're trying to do the Justice League. You get, it's a nightmare, isn't it? Because mm. he, he's, he's wanting to do that. But, yeah, let's have it right. They, this will be the last time you see him on screen in that costume. Probably. I just don't see him doing the... I don't see him doing this Batman movie. No, and again, that's another one that's uh, chopped and changed everything. Like you say, mm. he dropped out of directing it. and Don't be surprised if you get after this... You end up with a uh, a young Batman. Yeah, yeah. They, they, might, they might cancel Gotham and get that young lad doing it. No, is he that good? No, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that, what a dry sense of humour he's developing, eh? Fantastic. Yeah, no, it's uh, well. Yeah, he'll need work after this year, won't he? He will, unless yeah. he gets them ratings up. But I, this is the thing: I hate the fickle nature of of TV. This happened. This happened with a lot of shows over the years, where they've been on fire. It's been they've been water cooler shows, and then all of a sudden, some of them have jumped the shark and done something that's turned the viewers mm. off. But some people just go, "Oh, okay," bit bored now, and they just stop watching stuff for no real reason. The, the quality sometimes doesn't even drop, does it? it no, they, absolutely. They, they just taste know. just moved, don't they? So yeah. But you think a, a show now, you could get five or six years easy out of them. I think some of them, few, they expect they? too much as well. They expect the five or six years and maybe they haven't got the story to carry it on. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I do. That's the problem, isn't it? Yep. Oh, so, well. Before we go, yeah. Um, 
my brother has just uh, sent me a text message. Oh, go on. Uh, the office thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a joke. So you can say, you have my word. Shit, I must be half asleep. Yeah, of course that is it. On a lighter note, to the person who stole my Microsoft Microsoft Office, I will have you. You have my word. Oh, good God. I doubt well, you didn't get it either. No, I didn't. No, it's, you should have so, saved yeah, me that. I can't tell you what I've just sent in the te- back saying. But <laughs> right. Obviously. Okay. Well, on one last one before we go. Well, um, we've not done the trauma thing. We'll do a quick one of that. All right. Well, I, I think poultry... And it's not just because a friend of mine did the closing title music, Zombina and the Skeletons. The, yeah, Poultry Geist, it's on in Fab. Whenever you go over for a drink in Fab, it's on loads. The, the, the staff love it, and they put it on the screen. It's outrageous, mm. um, Poultry Geist. Uh, probably Tromeo and Juliet. Just, I've not seen that. Just because it's a genius title. It is a genius title, I'll give it that. No, that's awesome. But, yeah, I was just going to end with, um, yeah, don't worry if you are worried about all the problems with DC and all these movies and, oh, it's all negative. No, they, you've got something to look forward to. The Men in Black Jump Street crossover is back on. It's without Smith or Tommy Lee Jones. It's in 2019. And, it well, I think they're going with the old title, The Ad, when it was originally there. It was MIB 23. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. I, I'll be absolutely honest with you. I have no idea whatsoever what what the hell they're thinking of with that i just say it doesn't even make sense to me that you no. link them to I'm, i must be missing something but yeah hey if no, you chris like it like the uh 21 jump street i films. do i like them and i love men in black i, I do and I, even, I thought the third one was quite a good film it really yeah. did i enjoyed it but what, what at no point did i was i watching men in black thinking or oh, 21 jump street going you know what you need yeah, oh, wouldn't the man... I wish the men in black had walk in right now, you know. Yeah. God dear me. It's, it's literally any anything to make money, in it? It but, is, and, and not to have an original idea. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, anyway, on that note, I've been Mike, and he's been Martin, and we won't be seeing you next week because I will be coming back from Las Vegas with some stories, and I'll let you know what's gone on over there in the States. And, uh, yeah, a bit, bit of grim timing, but... It was arranged quite a while ago, so hopefully I will see you in about three weeks' time. Tumbling through a thousand centuries You don't know where you land It's so dark in mythology Treasures of history To be found
been listening to Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. until 11 p.m., exclusive to Fab Radio International. Starburst Radio is sponsored by Fab Cafe, TV and movie theme bar, Portland Street, Manchester.